I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as uh, we're bringing you closer to next week's signing day and we'll have a fun full week of coverage on signing day here on Husker online but we got to get there first and there's a lot of news going on right now um, with the program uh, the Huskers will have over 30 official visitors in Lincoln just over this week and next week alone and we'll dive more into the recruiting talk but um, they're basically using half of the a lot of the visits they could have in two weekends uh, you get 62 visits you can use. You get 56 plus six carryovers. Over how long a period? A year, a cycle. Oh, God. Really? So you get 56, yeah. and then you get um, six carryovers that you kind of always roll over. And so you can have 62. Um, we've got them slotted as a Showtime Wednesday here for um, 31 of their 62 in two weekends. And that's what we've confirmed. And, you know, there, there might be a couple that we're missing um, you know, we're kind of flying the plane with not much radar right now. It's it's a little, you know, it's it's a it's a. I'm, I'm already going here, but that's good. You got um, one in right away, right, right away. Well, I like that one. And I think all of us are in the media. It's a little. I mean, because we don't know anybody. And flying the plane without much. They, radar. Um, you know, it's Scare. a new staff with no connections to Nebraska. They're recruiting new areas, mm-hmm. and they're unveiling new targets. So it, it's been really, really interesting to cover. You know, like this week, Matt Rule's in like Philadelphia, and they're in Pennsylvania, and, and okay. you know that's rec- where Rule is right now. Yeah, and and they're recruiting areas that you know Nebraska just hasn't really recruited much in my twenty some years covering Nebraska recruiting. And I think I can speak authoritatively on that because I've lived it for yes, you have every year since about yes. ninety nine. So, so they they go ahead, Rob. I was gonna say it's almost a deal where like you just have to follow what they tweet. You know the the cryptic Matt Rule <laughs> tweets where he's taking a picture of a, a road sign or a restaurant or a. Uh, you know, a high school or a NFL stadium just to get an idea of where he is and then connect the dots from there. So it's kind of a, a game of mystery. Well, here. And they switched plane. Like they had a plane the first week they were using. It was really kind of easy to see where they were going. And this week that plane didn't get off the ground. So um, they went down to Bay City to see Bryce Turner, um, which is outside Houston. And then they went in to the Austin, Texas area. So we almost think that they might have hopped on a commercial flight from Lincoln to Houston because there were no other planes that went down to Houston from Lincoln other than the commercial flight um, from the Lincoln airport first thing in the morning. Hmm. Um, so it was kind of easy to follow when you could follow that plane that rule was on. Uh, now, you know, it's a little bit harder without knowing, you know, if they use a commercial flight or a private flight. Oh, maybe the private flight, maybe the plane's radar was not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a whole other type of deal. But, you know, we learned some other news this week, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the spring game is April 22nd. Mm-hmm. So plan your wedding, plan your family gatherings. The red-white spring game has been set April 22nd. April 22nd, which you wrote, that means the spring will start the spring season. The week of March, March 20th. 20th. March 20th. Right. Uh, that's five weeks that they would have between – the 20 so spring break at UNL ends on the 19th Sunday the 19th um, so you, you, one would think they're going to roll up winter conditioning all the way up to spring break go to spring break and then they'll come back and and, and get into practice okay so um, March 20th it would commence and they'd have five weeks of practice now we don't know any of our access yet or uh, we don't know any of that kind of stuff God, it wouldn't it be nice if we could go back hmm, go back to watching. Oh. Maybe rule. Maybe rule would. Maybe rule would allow us to watch practices. No, I. I don't. I don't, I don't even, know about like, that. Even if he wanted to, I don't think it's feasible. That Why? was that was asked on the our RSS chat this week, and my response was like, "You would have forty to forty-five reporters there every single day." Riley, Mike Riley had it open. Yeah. Yeah. Then that kid got hit. Remember? Yeah. There's a kid for the Daily Nebraska and got rolled up on because he yeah. wasn't watching. He was in the middle of the two practice fields with his back to the play. Field. Wasn't paying attention and almost got knocked out, and you could just see the faces of like the staff, like, 
what are we doing here? Like there's some glares at the because if something would have happened, it would have been sure a you could have sued him. Well, yeah. what about the player getting hurt? Yeah, not I mean, not. Yeah. I mean, who? I mean, I don't think they care about the media. I think well, they'd care about it if there's a lawsuit. The, the the AD would care about it, I, and that was one of the about two times I saw Mike Riley get mad. Oh, see, really? Did he get mm-hmm. mad? Yeah, yeah, and then Ryan Gunderson back then ran over there and, and sh- because you know there were two fields going on. Yeah, yeah, and these young. Yeah unaware reporters got in the middle of the two fields. They had their back to it. One thing I can tell you being on many football sidelines, never have your back to the play. Never, right. never. Right. <laughs> Rob, I just said, Holy cow, this kid just got smoked. I mean, like totally upended. Now back to the matter at hand. <laughs> isn't there a possibility with a coaching change? I, I just think that, 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 that beast is too much. And there's so, the much, there's so many variables. Yes. People tweeting things they're not supposed to people that are viewing things that they don't know what they're looking at, reporting things, Practice as facts, fights. spreading misinformation. You know, I think there's quit talking, quit talking. <laughs> Keith Mann's probably listening to us right now yeah, because Matt rule may be listening. Well, I'm just saying like that, that yeah. would be my concern if yeah. I'm Matt rule. Like, yeah, don't, don't voice it. Okay. Over. Like doing it at Baylor and temple is a completely different animal. Probably yeah. even doing it at Carolina yeah. is a good different animal. I'll compromise here though. Give me the two scrimmages in the spring. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Like when they opened up that one Saturday scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they allow a thousand high school football coaches, so the coaches in, clinic, that should be open. Let, let the media come for context. You know, Osborne used to let us watch the scrimmages, all the scrimmages, like all of the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 140 plays scrimmages. How, how many people were on the beat? But back that's then. the thing. Yeah, it was only 10 you know, at the most. Yeah, at the most, 10 were there. Yeah. yeah. It eliminates bad questions, too, when you can watch a scrimmage. So, yeah, we got to pump out some positives on this, Rob. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are beneficial. We we know a lot more as a media core when we're able to watch. We don't we don't assume things. Um, we can I mean we're we're better able to report what's going on personnel wise. That's that's valuable. To the, I agree. Like yeah. you might ask a question like let's just say oh what about this quarterback? Well that quarterback if you got a C practice didn't take any reps right. Mm-hmm. So then the coach has to get up there and like tap dance around that and not basically say yeah the guy didn't play at all we don't right. like him. Right. Um, they have to say, you know, he's battling. He's fighting every day. He's out there working. When, in um, fact, he's not. And, <laughs> and and if we can see that, you don't even ask you about don't that ask guy. The question. And right. so, like, that's that's where I, I it, it at least creates, like, better content yeah. for the fan. That And it doesn't put the coach in an awkward spot to be like, why are you even asking about that guy? He sucks. You know, like, remember, remember, like, Callahan let us watch Bill Callahan. Let us watch every play of it. He, we could go to any spring mm-hmm. practice. And fall camp him. for one year. Yeah. So it's not. I'm not going to lie. That was exhausting. Having to go <laughs> hey, to every single I went practice. to every one. Did you go to every one? Not every one because no, I was I still in college. I didn't have to. I went to, sun, I went to the Sunday ones even. It was intense. It was your machine. It was intense. Um, it was a lot, too. You were spending a lot of time at the stadium. But mm-hmm. is there a chance Rule would do that? Just say, yeah, you guys, just you watch anytime you want. Is there yeah. a chance of that? Nah. There's two ways to go about it. You can overwhelm people with access and content, and then like it actually kind of slows it down. Or you could tighten it up, and then it creates cracks. Yeah. And then it allows things to leak out and creates other things and pro- problems for you. So God, be, I, I, tell, I, tell, I think that we would really enjoy it if he said, yeah, you guys can Give watch. me two scrimmages, and I'm cool. Like that two, like that. I, I think if we could see the two. Three. Well, there's only two scrimmage days allowed. Okay. Like having seen walkthrough practices, like that doesn't do anything for me. I don't, I don't necessarily get any value from that. Like I want to see something where they're actually playing football, you know, not just doing experimental reps, working guys just to try them out at different spots. I want to see what the actual bread and butter of the team looks like, and that's where the scrimmage by true. far has the most value. That's true, Rob. The value, though, on a, even just being over there on a day when they're walking through is to be able to maybe run into an assistant coach maybe run into one of the support staff. So you start getting to know the people Correct. involved. Correct. I agree 100%. Yeah, and so there's value in just being around. Or there's guests at practice that you might see. There like, could be guests at practice that you haven't seen. They could seen. Like limit the number of people per outlet, too. That would help? Yes. That because that, I mean, when you get like five or six people from a like, we would have five or six people there probably. So, uh, you know, if we would put the blame here first, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we I mean, would like that would help. What if down. they limited it? They could li- now, I think we could be reasonable. Like, if they said you can Husker online, you can send three people. We, I think we're reasonable enough to figure it out. 
I'll sit this one out, but but yeah, I got to go next time. You know that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, before we wrap up this opening headline segment, I do. Also, I like this discussion. Yeah, let's talk more media policy. I, I, I want to hit on um, another thing. Trev hit on. Does this do what? much for you? Interest you at all about the the East Balcony? Yeah, because uh, it it did get a lot of comments on the Red Sea Scrolls on my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original East Balcony. Yeah. So there's three balconies. There's the original, there's the club, and then the 600s, which is um, the highest level balcony. They're going to make the original balcony now club. So there'll be two levels of club on club East. Seating. And what that means is they're going to eliminate over 600 current seats on that balcony by converting them all to club. And then the price per ticket for donation, not face value, donation will go from 750 to 1500 to 1500 now to 2500 per seat. Um, you know, essentially your my analogy is you're you're ter- you're taking economy plus seats and making them first class. Mm. After a 4 and 8 season. Mm-hmm. This now this uh, Sean, put it in perspective. Why are they doing it? Um less tickets to sell? Less tickets more, to sell. More bang for your buck. More of a luxury fan experience. When I did my 100 things Nebraska you, book um, 10 years ago, Paul Myers told me that the club seats, they actually make pound for pound more money on club seating than skyboxes. Hmm. You know, cause you figure a quality club seat is 2,500 bucks per seat. The fee, the license the fee. fee. Yeah. And then you pay the ticket price. So you're roughly like around three grand a club seat, mm-hmm. give or take yep. 15, you know, two to three grand for a club seat. That's I think that the, the construction's started. Right, I think it's happening as we. Speak. Well, they're ripping the seats up, and yeah. then they're going to waterproof it, and then turn them into chairbacks and nicer seats, and then those people will get also access that East Club mm-hmm. area, um, which the East Side's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that club area is very very nice, but yeah, it's you know I, I think if you're you know like one of our good friends Jim Rose, um, his family has had East tickets on that balcony for a hundred years. Okay. And to keep, to keep those tickets, they're going to have to pay the donation fee. So, and you talked about it's a range to make it clear that the, the former range was $750 to $1,500. The new range is 15 to 25 okay. per. That's and, a fee. That's just and a that's license based, fee. That's ba- it's an annual fee. Right. And it's based on the yard line your ticket's on. So, like yeah. the 50 yard line section is that all the way down to the goal line is 1500 So, you know, that person has to decide. And if they don't want to pay that, then the stadium will give them or the school will give you an option to relocate. And obviously See, I got a question. I mean, isn't there some people that are gonna get that in the mail? They're gonna they're gonna be informed that your fee's going up if you're gonna continue to participate. And some people are gonna look at it and go, I, listen, the experience hasn't been that great. Yeah. Four and eight. Mm-hmm. I mean the thing four is, and eight. People yeah. are getting tired of losing, Sean. But I, I also think long term, though, uh, you have to adapt that stadium to to modernize it. Like right now, the fan experience is really lacking behind even programs within your own conference. To where I mean, just the stadium doesn't have the amenities or even just the the lo- practical logistics of getting to the bathrooms and that sort of thing. So I think this is a step in that direction to modernize Memorial Stadium so, yeah. to make it uh, on par with the rest of your conference. And I think you just got to survive 2023 because we know what's going to happen after the season's over, which is the South end zone project will probably be unveiled. And then they're going to demolish South end zone. And then there's going to be like 30,000 people displaced without tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, So the sellout streak, if they can get through this year, it's, it's going to be fine because that stadium will never be as big as it is ever. They're going to shrink it up. They're going to, they're going to make it more conducive. Well, it sure works out well that it's the 100th year anniversary and they're going to have a big sale on... When they lowered tickets down $100, <laughs> but they're going to make all that extra money on the donations on that balcony. Yep. So, I mean, they're not going to get all that money back, but they're going to get a lot of that money back on the, on just converting those to club seats. And you, and when do you think this, they'll start ripping down South Stadium? I mean, my... 2024? Pre- my prediction is if, if this goes through that Iowa game when that's over... 2023. Kiwi Construction or Hausman Construction is going to have cranes out there, and they're just going to start going to work on Sunday. After the Black Friday game in 2023? Right. Okay. So, And there's a lot that needs to be done there, and that's going to be a great discussion when we learn more. But when we come back, I want to hit more into the recruiting class and the topics of 
uh, what Nebraska's added this week and more. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as we take you through. Uh, we're closing in on Christmas um, and before we get to recruiting talk with Nebraska and signing day around the corner, um, this segment of the show brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Get on in. Tanner's also their neighbor next door, Tavern 180. Uh, great steaks, cocktails, drinks. If you're looking for a place to go New Year's Eve, Tavern 180, great spot to get a reservation, get things set up. They have USDA prime ribeyes. Um, hanging tenderloin wagyu steaks. Uh, All those wagyu steaks. Are oh, man, we were there. We had those steaks at the Husker night in July. Yeah, and even even the coaches enjoyed. Everybody but Trey Palmer. Uh, Trey Palmer sent his yeah. back to get it well done. Trey Palmer can eat whatever he wants. Yeah, Trey. Trey's like, <laughs> I run four two. Hey, just like Pat Mahomes has ketchup on his steak. Trey Palmer Whoa. can can have his steak well done. Mahomes has ketchup on. Yeah, his he's steak? a big ketchup steak guy. Whoa. But again, when you when you do Pat Mahomes stuff, you can eat whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. When you, I don't put any sauce on steak ever. No. God dang, it's just making me hungry. <laughs> As you had, you've had two bags of trail mix up here, by the way. Yeah, that wagyu yeah. steak was was excellent that hey, I, night. I was just in Tanner's this past weekend watching the Bud Crawford fight. Good, oh, you did. Good time. Was it packed? Yes, it was a good crowd. Wait a second. Really? Yeah. You were yeah. in there watching it? Yeah. They well, get all the fights no, for free. No cover. It was awesome. I'll be damned. Did it bring a fight crowd in? Mm, yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> you, you, but it wasn't. It was. It was. No, it didn't get. It didn't get live yeah, in the parking it, lot it, afterwards. It, it didn't get. Didn't get too fight crowd. It, it was a good balance. Now, some of those in Omaha have had some. I mean, well, I guess I when Bud Crawford had his after fight party in Lincoln at the mm, old at the other the old Heidelberg Heidelberg oh that turned into a that shooting. turned into a, yeah. yeah it did not get to that level at right. Tanner's yeah. Tanner's was a very enjoyable environment <laughs> well Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill 30th the Yankee Hill check out their neighbor as well Tavern 180 great spots proud sponsor of the show but guys I want to hit a little bit on recruiting here um, in this segment. You know, you look at where things are at. I mentioned in the opening segment, 31 visitors right now for Nebraska over the last two weekends. That's a ton. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I don't remember a two-weekend period with that many. Jeez. Um, really? Well, you physically can't hope. I mean, you can't really have that many usually. It's just impossible. Like, 10 to 12 is a big weekend, huge weekend. And, and they're averaging like 16 a weekend right now. And, with, and they're not even full staff. I mean, they, mm -hmm. there's three staff That's positions that are part. vacant. Yeah, and so and we we didn't hit on that either. And, you know, Jake Pete's kind of turning things down and not coming. As a quarterback's coach. On Friday. Yeah. Um, Tony White takes the job. He was in town and was a part of the recruiting weekend. And as, as was Donovan Riola. Well, I would think about everybody that's – available would have to right yeah. if you're having that you gotta be all guys. hands on deck right yeah now. yeah yeah it's a scramble well i'll be careful I don't, I don't think rule would want me to portray it as a scramble but it's there's a lot going on let's put it that way so nebraska though um 14 commits when you count the portal they added a walk-on long snapper and this is interesting marco ortiz will come in with one year of eligibility and he's scholarship so they clearly you know brady weiss was the punt one and then cade peeper was the um, Piper, excuse me, was the um, place kicking Cameron. Or, yeah, uh, he did the place kicking. So obviously they what was his name uh, Piper from Southwest. OK, um, so maybe they, they 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 obviously think Ortiz is the direction they want to go with that. They added a Juco DN Kai Whalen um, out of Sacramento. He's got three years of eligibility. Juco, a, yeah, a running back. Uh, Quentin Ives out of New Jersey goes six three one eighty. He's probably an athlete, not just a running back. Um, I like know, that. That's an interesting picture. Six three running back. Six three running back. And really under the radar. I mean, on, turn down Monmouth. On three has him as a three star uh, eighty eight <laughs> in their in their point system. Um, sincere Safiala committed in Nebraska as well. Originally out of Tennessee, plays at IMG Academy. Um, the Nebraska coaches were down there this week. Sincere will be here this weekend. Dwight Boodle will be here this weekend. Um, every commit 
in this class has or will visit Lincoln uh, to meet the new staff other than Hayden Moore. Hayden Moore is not going to come back again. Uh, Hayden Moore visited Michigan, and he's going to visit A&M, but he's still leaning towards Nebraska, he says. So that that's one to watch. He, he had a good year, didn't he? He's vastly underrated. Yes, um, he can play. I've, I've heard that from a, I heard that from a coach this morning. That kid's good. Harbaugh and A and M both would not be A and M. Yeah, would not be on a guy like this if they didn't think he was good. Right. I mean, you don't have much time to screw around right now. So I heard Penn State might even get in on him. Sean, does that make any sense to you? I'll say that Colorado. Oh, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that have been kicking the tires on this guy all year, but the state of Colorado in general, there's just not a lot of recruiting coverage there. I, I feel like some guys don't get evaluated or really looked at. Because there aren't versions of us there at the level of us that cover and kind of advocate and you know provide the cut. Like I created Hayden Moore's profile. He wasn't even in the on three system. Is you know, right? and, is that right? Yeah, and, and you, know, you just look at some of these. Like there's just not a lot of detail or care on Colorado recruiting and what we do. Hmm. Um, but I think this guy's pretty good. Maybe that'll change with prime time. Yeah. There. Well, is he going to take Colorado kids? Yeah. Well, mm. I don't know. If they're good. And Malachi Coleman. Visiting Colorado this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. it seems like that's there's a real mixed reaction to that. Where some What's people reaction? are already ready to turn the page on that. Maybe they're just bitter that he decommitted. But uh, I was inter- I was yeah interested about how the fan base perceived that one. But you know, what's your take, Sean? Uh, I, I just go back to that second bye weekend on that Saturday night when he held the bye the press conference, and you know. We basically knew, I mean, Mickey Joseph being the head coach was a long shot, and he still held the press conference and announced in Nebraska. So at that point, it felt like I'm committing to Nebraska, the school. Um, And you have a huge 45-minute ceremony in your school auditorium with hundreds of people there. Then you have a huge party at your house to celebrate the commit to Nebraska. Um, You know what? I mean, I get it. Like, Mickey Joseph got let go but mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> was malachi counting on mickey to be here in some capacity seemed like it, it seemed but it's out of his control i mean sure with what happened with mickey joseph i mean there's no way he could be back right he now. could have another big party and another big signing ceremony no it just it's amazing to me to go to the lengths that they did with the ceremony the big party um you know and and just everything you know, like our, our former colleague, Clint Cosgrove um, at Rivals, you know, he flew in to be the host of yeah. the, he flew in to be the host of, of, of the part, like <laughs> Robin, of the event. And <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's just to, to, things to, did change at Nebraska, to, but, but did was, isn't, should that surprise anybody? Mm-mm. So yeah, that, that's where, I, I mean, so the, all of this is, it's a it's a hard picture to look at, you know, like to understand. It's kind of splotchy, mm-hmm. you know. You're like, it's like one of those Rorschach pictures. You're looking at it like I don't I don't understand this. And that's why I think some people are just ready to say, you know what, go do your thing, Malachi. You know, just turn the page. But the optics of a top 100 local player in your own city, yeah. the best player, the best athlete to come through the city of Lincoln since Alex Gordon. See, see, Rob though, and Sean. That's what makes the conversation complex. Absolutely. He's the number one rated player in the state. Absolutely. Don't want to, I mean, optically, it doesn't look good to lose him to prime time or anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and literally, I mean, I, I talked to some people. I mean, literally, he, he is probably the best athlete to come out of Lincoln since Alex Gordon. Wow. wow. So it's a total conflict of, you know, the, the need to keep your best players in the state, especially ones that are in your own city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the need to get players that are – fully bought in to your program and not just a position coach. Right. All right. When we come back, point. Uh, Nebraska basketball has a huge game in Kansas City. Robin's going down on a barbecue tour and he'll cover a basketball <laughs> game. <laughs> Mike watching basketball while I'm taking barbecue naps. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk about basketball next. You're listening to the Oscar Light Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Zippel, Robin Washett talking Nebraska basketball. Man, what a fun game that was Saturday. I know Nebraska lost to now the number one ranked team in the country, Purdue. But that that was the Nebraska basketball I think all of our listeners really fall in love with. And first of all, how great is a Saturday one one fifteen game? I mean, like those don't come very often. Like, can I mean, it just like it reminded me of the old Big Eight Philip sixty six Saturdays when you'd sit at home and watch Big Eight basketball and Nebraska play on Saturdays. It was the perfect storm. You had the fourth ranked team in the nation coming on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they're going to announce a new head football coach at halftime. They publicized it. So, I mean, it was like – Restaurants were full. Restaurants. I mean, it was it was a great – it was a great day. And, yes, they lost the game. But I still think people came away from that loss with even more positivity about the direction of this, this particular team and the long-term vision Fred Hoiberg's had, uh, you know, in spite of the final outcome. Think if they would have won, though. Oh, yeah. That would have been an incredible day. Been the biggest win – I don't even remember the last time they beat a top five team. I have to go Just, back go back to the media guide on that one. Think about how far it's come, even from a year ago, like – just with the effort level, the 50-50 plays that they're winning now that they weren't winning. And Way different. I mean, think about la- I, 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 in my season tickets. Like, I mean, there were just people that visibly would yell at Lat Man when he'd come in the game. <laughs> Easy. And Let's not single well, out Lat. I got you, though, Sean. But, I understand. Like, just the effort. He was, wasn't the only one that got but, yelled at. I'll tell you but that much. Just, just getting out-rebounded, out-efforted, taking bad shots. You know, They might have had on paper some better basketball talent. Yeah. They like did. guys that they could did. play overseas or guys that could do this Virgin or that. Virgin McGowan's were serious talents. I mean, let's Both be real. Both McGowan's brothers. Yeah, let's be real. Alonzo Verge, at the end of the last season, correct me if I'm wrong, he, nobody in the league could guard him. Yeah. I he, mean, he was un, almost unguardable. He, he, Am I going overboard? No, he was uh, averaging upwards around 14, 15 points a game, and he was first or second in the Big Ten in assists. And so – his style of play was not appealing to a lot of people around here, but he put up numbers, which made it crazy that he wasn't even an all all honorable mention all Big Ten that's selection. That's ridiculous. Well, that's when you have a fourteen team league that had like ten NCAA tournament teams. But yeah, but when you're talking about like one of the statistical leaders, like yeah, and I just said he was unguardable. So to be honorable mention though, <laughs> and they so, beat two straight ranked opponents to end the season. Somebody has to put you on at least third team on one ballot, you right? Think. And so you're. He wasn't listed on a third team on any, but that's how hard it is to make an all True, Big Ten Sean, team. I, I, get, mean, I understand where you're like coming. when you can only put fifty. And Robin, you vote on this every year. Mm-hmm. When you we could only put fi- so what? Why didn't you put him on then? You you could have single handedly made Alonzo Verge <laughs> honorable have. mention, and you didn't do it. But you're right. You're right. I mean, the way they they do it. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, anyway, go ahead, Bob. Anyway, I, how do you know I didn't? You don't know my ballot. Because well, if he if he, if he was listed on your ballot on third team, he he would have been honorable mention. Well, he was not third team. So there you go. You yeah. you you prevented. Single handed, <laughs> Bob. I'm sorry, Rob. Hey, I'm sorry. Now, but this team is different. It's it, it's sort of interesting when you have this conversation because they don't have anybody as good as Bryce McGowan's on this team, right, Rob? No, from an individual talent standpoint, right. I mean Bryce is getting minutes in the NBA right now. Like he's playing double figure minutes for the Charlotte Hornets and just got a really good compliment from. Uh, Clifford, the head coach out there, where they said that like he's like one of the biggest like they're struggling right now. They've lost I don't know like five or six, seven in a row. Uh, but they say Bryce McGowan's and his rapid development is like one of the highlights of their team right now. Wow. Now let's get into Saturday. So Nebraska on finals this week. This is this is kind of a long week around the country because everybody's in finals weeks. There's very few basketball games on TV this week anywhere because of finals. Um, but Saturday things will kind of ramp up. Huskers are in Kansas City. Um, is this the third like this game? Is this the second year of the series it's now? The second year of the series. So the next year they're going to play in Manhattan. Like the, the COVID year threw everything off. It postponed it a year. So they went played in Lincoln last year, KC this year, and then at Bramlage. Perfect in twenty three. And uh, Nebraska comes into this game. That's a six o'clock game. No over the air television. It will be on ESPN Plus, which. Get into Tanner's. They'll have the game on there. Okay, Tanner's will have it on? Yeah. That's maybe where I'm going. I, I, yeah. That's they will have it on, and, and they get all those um, pay-per-view broadcasts on there, no charge. So um, Otherwise, you can just pay, what is ESPN Plus, 10 bucks a month? Mm-hmm. Just pay for a one-month membership to watch the game. 6 yeah. o'clock. 6 o'clock. 
Big game. Why? It's also on B- Big 12 now, if you have that. Big 12 now. Or ESPN+. Plus. Or ESPN+. Plus. Uh, yeah, so to your question, if it's a big game, for a lot of reasons. Uh, short term, it would allow Nebraska to finish this grueling four-game stretch, which got so much talk going into the turn of December uh, at 2-2. Two and two. When If you would ask me, and I, I did get asked, what would be a – you know, a, a positive uh, record for Nebraska. I thought if they could get one, then and it would be the Kansas State game. Well, they already beat Creighton, and obviously Creighton's had their struggles lately. But that's still a significant win, and they took India. Like they gave Indiana a game, despite getting off to a real rocky start mm-hmm. on the road against a team picked to win the league. Mm-hmm. And then Purdue, a top five team in the country, they sh- should have beaten them. Should have. In, in overtime. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot to feel good about. And if they can find a way to go in a neutral site game against a 9-1 and Kansas State team, that's a quad one win. That would give them two quad one wins before the new year for the first time and maybe since the net rankings have ever existed. So, uh, I mean, that would totally reshape how you view this season and maybe their prospects going into the 18-game Big Ten meat grinder where – Suddenly, you might give Nebraska a bit of a chance to not only uh, win a few games, but you know potentially have a resume to where if they're around 500, I mean, if they're even a game over 500, with that resume, I mean, they've already played six quad one games right now. Their strength of schedule is going to be as good as any team in the country. And if they can get some wins like Creighton, like Kansas State, and then get a few in conference play, I mean, six, seven, eight wins in conference play, uh, that's going to make it interesting at they, least into the month of November and March. They'll, they'll need to close out tough wins. They did. They got to defend Creighton. home court. Yeah, defend home court, close out tough wins. They did against Creighton. They had a chance against Purdue. And they did, I mean they missed shots. Purdue did too. I mean Purdue missed some 19 games. offensive rebounds for Nebraska in that game. Yeah, missed shots. Um missed a few free throws too, Rob. They got it. Those are the kind of things that they have to they have to improve on. Their margin of error is so Pretty low. slim yeah. that they have to convert on those. They went 7-10 to 10 from the line. Two of those misses were the front ends of one-on-one. All three misses came in the final six minutes. Down the stretch. I mean, critical free throws. Right. And so, you know, they, they did so many things right in that game. They did. They defended um, Edie. Edie as well as any team in the country is going to defend Seven foot four, two hundred ninety pounds with that skill. Uh, I mean, they held him to a season low point total. He had eight straight games of twenty or more points. He had, he 11. had eleven, and he had zero assists mm-hmm. and five turnovers. Now he looks like a good passing big man. One of the strangest stats that I've seen this year was zero assists, five turnovers for Edie because he th- he's a good passer out of the double team. Oh, yeah, because he just sees over everybody. Yeah, right, just flip it. I'll tell you what's happened, Rob. Well, you know what's happened, but I'll say it to the listeners. Since Derek Walker's returned, it's a different team. Absolutely. I mean, that's... Zero question. Yeah, he's he is a huge part. He's not the only part of it, but he's a big part of it. He alleviates a lot of stress offensively. No doubt. He alleviates a lot of stress on the offensive end. Um, you can get the ball to him in the middle of the court, and he can, he can do some work. I have... And you know what, Rob and Sean? Think about how frustrated the fan base was a couple years ago when they couldn't finish at the rim. Oh. It was it, it drive people nuts. Yes. Now Derek Walker always finishes at the rim. He's the most efficient scorer in program history. He's a finisher. <laughs> think I'm, about that. I, I do think about it. Seventy percent. Seldom do you see someone who uses the glass as well as he does. And the angles. Yeah. Like he like puts English on his shots. Yeah. I mean, he was getting shots over Zach Eady. Like that is he impossible took it to do. right at. Zach Eady. And Ryan Kalkbrenner. This is one six, of the best shot blocking bigs in the yeah, country. This is six nine versus seven foot Ryan Kalkbrenner. Now he abused yeah, he, Kalkbrenner. He bullied Kalkbrenner. Yeah, he abused Kalkbrenner. He scored at will on Kalkbrenner. And he went right at Edie. Yeah. And he was crafty. Yeah. He was able to He's manipulate angles and yeah. finish. I mean, that's that's what separates Derek. And it's not just his scoring, it's his ability to just control the offense. Yeah, to where can, when they're in the half court, they have a quarterback in the high post. You know what you never see? You never see him dunk. When's the last time he's dunked? I don't know if he can. <laughs> he can oh, dunk. he's sorry, Derek. I'm yeah. just giving you. He can dunk, but hey, Fred Hoiberg said he could jump higher than Derek Walker. <laughs> Derek, don't dunk. He he's like Arbenus Sabonis. He doesn't need to. No, he doesn't need to. It's just interesting that he, he uses never his seen body him dunk. so well. Yeah. Well, he's smart. He's very uses angles real well, like Rob. All right, six o'clock. You may see Robin at two or three barbecue spots down there. If you see him, mm. um, he Get, does. Just give me one where you're going. I'm going to Q39. That's Q39. the stop. 
Okay. Q3. Are you like Lone Ranger in it, or you got uh, anybody you're going <laughs> to? Lone Ranger. I'm just going <laughs> to. I'm going to find a spot at a bar, bar. get uh, bar seating. Yeah, get a, a unhealthy amount of food and ingest it, and try to stay awake for the game. So Robin will have full coverage and full oh, barbecue reports right next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, Abby Barmer will join us. We'll take questions in the mailbag. You're listening to House Carline Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple, Abby Barmore joining us here. Hello, Abby. Fresh from her... Uh, Great trip out to Louisville covering women's volleyball last weekend. Abby, it's great to have you back. Um, I made it. And you had, yeah, and the bad luck traveling, um, you experienced some of that yourself, but we're glad you're back. I finally made it. I thought I was going to have to move to Louisville for a minute there, but. How would you like that? Did you, did you like Louisville? I did like it. It was fun. Was it, it? it rained a little bit, but better than the snow they got here, so. Yeah, yeah. Did you try any bourbon? Ooh. I might have tried question. some bourbon. Like a sip? You have to. I'd, it's like having a Guinness in Ireland. Yeah. I, I tried some bourbon and I liked it. Good. Did you? Of course, yeah. of course really? you did. It's delicious. It might have not been straight bourbon, but it's okay. there, there was bourbon. It's okay. Hmm. Well, what do you got? You got the mailbag. Uh, what, what's leading this off this week? All right. Our first question. What is the timeline for knowing Casey Thompson's decision? Ooh, well, question. the first day of classes is um, Jan- January 23rd. Um, and, you know, the, so the, and then the portal closes the week before on the 16th. Okay. So there you go. Um, the portal last day is the 16th class day is the 23rd. So really Casey can evaluate this all the way, but guys, if he's had shoulder surgery and he's out six months, what kind of leverage does he have? Mm-hmm. And we are saying that he is, has had shoulder surgery or so we've been told. Okay. What kind of leverage does he have? He has some, he's going to miss the spring. A lot of it depends. Like what if Jeff, oh, I'll tell you the leverage he has. Okay. Before you get into it, let's answer that question. He's the best quarterback in town right now. All right. Yeah. He's the best quarterback on Far campus. Far and away. That, that's leverage. But like if Jeff and if Jeff Sims comes, he's got to decide. Like let's Georgia Tech okay. quarterback Jeff Sims. Okay. He's got to look at that and say, I can beat this guy out or well, not. Who yeah, and then I would ask the question, is he still the best quarterback on campus? He might be. And then what about NIL? How do you commit NIL money in commitments to Casey? Not knowing. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, now that's where hey, that's where um, NIL gets sort of complicated. Do you commit NIL money to Casey for the month of December? <laughs> I mean, is he signed on a twelve month or is he signed to a new twelve month yeah. service contract agreement? Those right. are things we and that that's the the word they use service contract does, agreement. Does he have a service contract agreement for the month of January? You know? All great questions. Yeah. And Casey can be the best quarterback on campus, but if he's not practicing with a new staff and a new offense, how much is that going to set him back as opposed to getting someone who can hit the ground running? He, he could consult Adrian Martinez on that. Adrian Adrian handled it. Mm-hmm. He, he was the, he he missed spring ball mm-hmm. at Kansas State and was the day one starter. It can be done. Mm-hmm. I I wondered about that at K State. I thought, oh, there's no way. He, I mean, Adrian's not going to be able to practice in the spring. How's he going to do this? Well. I think you just go take mental reps. You're in every meeting. You know what's going on. You know on. he's going to do that. Oh, yeah. Casey could run the meeting. I mean, <laughs> um, the, he could, right? Yeah. I mean, Casey could literally run a meeting. He's about as detailed of a player, college player that I've seen that in I've a ever long time. Seen. I yeah. mean, just hit the way that he can just recite stats and percentages and analytics, like just off the top of his head, you know he puts his uh, puts the time in. Casey's 24 years old. I mean, Turns he's, 25 in October. He could literally coach the position. So as long as there's no concerns about him coming off that shoulder, like what the degree of rust is going to be, I mean, it would make a lot of sense because you have a guy that could do it right how on do campus. You, how do you get a transfer here, though, with he's still here? That's mm-hmm. the other I mean, Ooh, is somebody good going to – good question. I don't know. They got, they got Chubba. And Casey. Yeah, but Chubba kind of came in knowing the deal. Like, how would you get a guy that thinks he can start in Mm. Nebraska? Chubba never could win the job. Like, that was not going to happen. That's a good question you just asked. Would Jeff Sims come here 
if Casey's still here. And Satterfield worked with um, Spencer Rattler. So, you know, he's got familiarity with bringing in a transfer and, and getting it to work. I mean, he had a pretty good year at South Carolina with Spencer Rattler. Uh, he was okay. He really, for a lot of the year, I, I looked at this the other day, Sean, was he was good-ish. He ended up, I think, with 15 touchdown passes, 11 picks, something like that. Oh, only 15? Yeah, something like that. But didn't he have like six against had Tennessee? Six in one yeah, game. exactly. Yeah, he had six in one game. I mean, no, he didn't have a, a big year. But he lit up Tennessee, and he played well against Clemson. All right, we gave Casey Thompson a lot of time. What do you have next, Abby? Well, walk-on recruiting in Nebraska be as such a big emphasis with a new coaching staff that doesn't have a Nebraska ties. Hmm. Great question, and I think that won't really be known until January. Um, there really is only, I believe, two, three walk-ons. Um, you got Kate Estramash from um, Bellevue West. Corver Demma from Gretna. Um, but there aren't really a lot of walk-ons committed to Nebraska right now. Um, the other thing is the locker room size or the roster size in Title IX. I don't think Trev Alberts nor the university is real wild about having 155 football players unless you have a really good way to manage them and use them right in practice. And Scott Frost did not really – they didn't really manage and use 155 players properly. Um, walk-ons will tell you that they didn't really some guys didn't really have a great experience you don't get reps it's really hard to do you know move up the chain it's just not built that way anymore is is Matt Rule gonna want 155 guys on a roster I don't think so it seems like too much <laughs> I'll tell you that story of Bo Pelini when he came here in 2003 okay remember he came here in 2003 and they had 200 guys back then as the defensive coordinator he called me after one of their first practices. He goes, hey, I got a question. Who, what are all these guys here? <laughs> I was like, uh, don't ask that to anybody, first of all. <laughs> um, they're walk-ons. It's a big walk-on program here. He goes, like, I've never seen anything like this. How many guys are on, on the practice field? Mm -hmm. now, it, now, Sean, what you just said, are you sure that Trev Alberts would say, I'm not wild about having a big walk um, on well, I don't think Trevor what it does it is way. the 30 extra players you carry. Let's say you go from 125 to 155. Yeah. You've got to create 30 additional female roster spots. And and what they do is they create extra swimmers or distance runners. Yes. Um, but yeah. the walk on yeah. um, club, the, the additional swim team that they were running that didn't even practice with the real team. They're not doing that anymore. Oh. And the reason I know that is Andy Kendi's daughter, our, our good friend at KTV, was offered a spot on that. And then they let her know they're not doing the program anymore for you know additional swimmers. So it almost feels like they've already started the wheels in motion. Um, because when you have 30 additional male roster spots, you got to add 30 additional female roster spots. That's 60 more student athletes you got to provide academic services for, food, other resources. Um, you know, so it, it does begin to add up. Like when my dad was a walk on and there was like 250 guys on the team, you got a pair of shoes and a sweatsuit. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex. Was there, now. Was there over 200? Well, they had a whole freshman team back. Yeah, then. that's right. That's right. And, you know, then you'd go freshman team, then you'd go to scouts. Yeah. And then there were three units of the offense. So then you would plug into the, the third unit, then the second unit, then the first unit. And so it was there were like five levels of the team back then. And it's just it's not, like an army. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you'd, you'd burn your year of eligibility on freshmen. Then your next year, you played scouts right. and you redshirted. Okay. Then you, if you were good enough, you would plug into the third unit. And some guys would maybe plug into the second unit. Mm -hmm. um, and you just didn't ever really see young guys play the way that that system was built. Interesting. But what do you got, Abby? You got time for about two more. What do you think the new offense will look like under Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield? Not a spread. Um, Rule said those words. We won't be running a spread offense. Um, I think you'll see – you might even see some power eye pro style. Mm -hmm. um, With elements of RPO. Elements of RPO. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. What, what, what else would you add, Rob? That's what he did to Baylor. And it's going to be more of a between-the-tackle running game. I mean, at least based off what he did at Baylor. I mean, there was a more of a traditional running back lead type of run game, which I'm sure a lot of fans will be anxious to hear that. They will. I am. I know. It's been a long time <laughs> yeah. since we said that. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, there's so much about this roster, too, we don't know. I mean, we need to see signing day come together. We need to see the portal additions come together, and we need to see who's here for spring ball. And then a lot of these questions are going to come together. Um, but, guys, it, I mean, 
they're sitting at like 64 scholarship guys right now before anyone's signed yet. So they've got to get a lot of spots filled. Right. There's a lot of questions that are just hard to answer right now. Um, let's, but, let's see who the quarterback is. Right. <laughs> let's see what they can actually do mm-hmm. offensively. All right. Final question. Abby, what do you have? What is your favorite Mike Leach moment mm. or memory? Um, I like that just the way he attacked. I mean, it cost him his job ultimately, but the Craig James situation at Texas Tech, like he, I mean, he stood up to that. And, you know, he wasn't going to like let a helicopter high profile dad. Craig James. Former ESPN analyst, ran for senator in Texas, actually was the original Kirk Herbstreet before he left to go to CBS. Then Kirk Herbstreet took his job. And now look where Herbstreet's at, look where James is at. But he had a son at Texas Tech that, you know, was a little entitled and um, Leach kind of like let him have it. And, and then the dad was like on him for not playing his kid and, you know, you know helicoptering and hovering at the Division One level, which is just not what you should be doing. And then they accused Leach of like trapping this kid in a shed and locking him in right. a shed. And- <laughs> it was a mess. In a dark shed. <laughs> what, what's your favorite, Rob? That's good, Sean. I like that. Uh, I mean, as far as like just like the, the the funny stories, which he's got a lot of them. Uh, I always go back to when he went on the local Lubbock news station and yeah. did the weather. He did the weather, yeah. And if you go back, it's on YouTube. Just go watch it. Like he's like, yeah, you guys, you know, you come out there with these like percentage, all that stuff. Here's what I do to go check the weather. I will get up off my couch. I walk out the front door and I whip my hands up and I wave them like this. <laughs> then I know if I need to wear a coat or not. And I was like, yeah, I'm gesturing my hands up in the air like that. Yeah, that so good. check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't have any great stories. I like the stuff that Moose Moose tells great leech stories. And I just like the whole thing of like Moose, the vision of Moose calling. Okay, so Moose was at Washington State and had Leach as his head coach from 2012 to 2017. And Moose, Moose says he would not, if they had a meeting or something or he needed to talk to Leach about something, he would always go to Leach's office. And I was like, why, why would you always go to Leach's office? He goes, because I could leave. Um, he, he said that if Leach came to his office, Leach might be there for four hours because he doesn't stop talking. And he Which has a lot of questions. Zero surprise. Yeah. That. So he said I'd all, I, I, the policy was always I'm going to your office. Leach didn't know it, but Bill was, Bill was always like, no, I'm not. He's not coming over here. Um, there was a time he said that he called him at 1130 at night just with a AD garden variety question for the football coach he called him at 11 30 at night and by the time he got off the phone he said the dump trucks were coming to take my trash in the morning and the sun was coming (laughs) he said we we talked all night um and that's the way leach was he's just very uh he he had a high curiosity level which is i I wish i had mine was more like that have you seen his coaching tree i mean when you go back and relook at it so here's just a list lincoln riley sonny dykes Josh Heupel, Dave Aranda, Dana Holgerson, My Neil God. Brown, Sonny Cumbie, Cliff Kingsbury, and now new uh, North Texas head coach Eric Morris. Man, and three of That's the five, crazy. three of the five Heisman finalists this year were coached by Mike Leach. Unreal. Yeah. Think about that. Think yeah. about think about how much he changed the game with that air raid offense and like how I mean Texas high school football. How many programs started playing that style and then thus changing quarterback play for generations <laughs> and for oh, the yeah. college level. Yeah. I mean, like his impact is well, immense. Kid, kids like forgot how to take snaps under center yeah, because of that offense. Like change the game. It, you know, the California guys were under center doing the pro style and, and Texas guys were, you know, I'll never forget at the army all American yeah. bowl, Bob Johnson, the coach of Mark Sanchez and, and um, who's the other, uh, the, the USC Heisman winner. Um, Liner. No, the one before liner Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer coached those guys Good in job, high school. Bro. And, you know, he was trying to implement the West Coast offense into the Army All-American practice. Not one of the quarterbacks at practice could take a snap under center. They, they, didn't they, didn't, they didn't know how. Unreal. And that they were, you know, spread-based air raid quarterbacks. So, yeah, his impact, guys, and, and just his stories. I mean, it just happened. It just happened so quickly, too. I mean, that's the thing. It's almost like it. Like I'm, I haven't even come to grips with mm-hmm. it. I mean, Leach was only he was only sixty-one. It did happen quickly. It's like 24 hours when the news broke that he was being hospitalized to where they announced his passing. Yeah, I haven't really even – it hasn't even settled in into my being yet. 
Yeah, it's a rough. It's very difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to close the show. We're going to talk about Purdue's new hire, um, Ryan Walters. We're going to talk about some uh, transfer portal stuff next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. It's been a fun one, guys. Have a lot of fun uh, as we get ready to send Big Rob down to Kansas City. Yeah, that'll be fun, Rob. I thought about going down there, actually. Now, now I'm thinking about it even more. Because you don't want to have to go watch in the sports bar. Yeah, it's on. It's not on TV. ESPN Plus. Yeah. What's that? The hell that? Like, yeah, but young guy, millennial type guys would be like, that's actually easier. Really? Explain that to me. Because you don't, you don't need cable. Oh, I get it. ESPN Plus. If you have any of the streaming services like Hulu or whatever, like it's there. Okay. Pretty easy to get. So you do you need like regular ESPN login on your app wouldn't get it for you. You'd have to have the ESPN yeah, plus. Yeah, pay for the plus. Like you have to have the the add-on to regular ESPN. Right. So yeah, it, I mean it's for Bill and Betty and Hastings, they might struggle getting the game. I am Bill and, and Betty so and Hastings. We, we talked about why that why that's happening again. It's because of the, all the bowl games being played. Okay. It's a Big 12 property game because it's a, in Kansas City, I guess, whatever. So there's enough bowl games that have taken up the time slots that, I mean, just college basketball in general on Saturday is not going to be televised, like hardly at all. Because it's going to be all, it's all going to be all. And there's NFL games going on too. Okay. So, I mean, like, it's just a football it's day. It's a window issue. Yeah. There's not a window. Yeah. All right, guys, talk to me about Ryan Walters, the higher at Purdue. Okay. Um, Underwhelming. Mm. I mean, no, no. That, Rob, just, just go ahead. I disagree ahead. with you. Well, here's why I say that. Rob, how about in the context of Matt or of Luke Fickle at Wisconsin? Okay, you got Luke Fickle could hire him as his defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Okay. Purdue hired him as their head coach. Well, what's the difference? Okay, between- Luke Fickle, um, Matt Rule. I mean, look at Matt Rule's resume compared to Ryan Walters. Look at Fickle's resume compared to Ryan Walters. Okay, you're chasing down Jim Harbaugh. You're chasing down – okay, stay with me. You're chasing down Ryan Day. Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly are coming into the league. And you hired you hired Ryan Walters? Who is legitimately on Purdue's plate? Like, who could they have gotten? That's a legit question. Maybe like Jeff Trailer. So, is it, I mean, is that going to do it for you? Is that, well, well I'm just saying. Now, I, I, I'll just put it to you this way: It wouldn't have surprised me if the news came out that Lincoln Riley had hired Ryan Walters to be his defensive coordinator. At well, USC. put it this way: What's the difference between Tony White and Walters? Well, Walters was the Broyles Award finalist and on three coordinator of the year. Yeah, Walters has a better resume Pet- than than Tony White. He yeah. does. He had he'd been in a, a defensive coordinator longer. I mean, he has – now, this is not an attack on on Ryan Walters. It's just I'm talking about him the in context. the context of who he replaced, Jeff Brom, who's in the who's in the league, Kirk Ferentz, Luke Fickle, Matt Rule. Come on, help me. Who's Who else is – who are we talking about? Brett Bielema? Mm-hmm. Um, guys who have won Rose Bowls? Guys who have coached – Greg Schiano. In, Greg Schiano. Guys who have coached NFL franchises. You hire a 36-year-old defensive coordinator okay. to run your run your Big Ten program when you have enough money to hire an experienced coach. But as far as the coordinator route, he's as probably shiny as anybody out no, there. Yes. I mean, a young guy that has got yes. bringing energy. He's a defensive-minded guy. This is a total pivot for what Purdue normally has. 40 years of offensive-minded coach. And so think about it. When he took over following the 2020 season, Okay. Illinois was ranked 97th nationally in scoring defense, 114th in yards allowed per game. After his very first season, they vaulted to 29th and 49th, respectively, and then number one in the nation. So he, in a two-year span, they went from 97th to 114th to number one. He is a fabulous defensive coordinator. I mean, that is incredible. He, he, he has done a great job. He's an up-and-coming young coach. They got to surround him with a staff, though. That's right. going to be the critical component. Yeah, this is not a commentary, on, a knock on what he's done. It's just a peculiar hire. When you have Big Ten money, and why would you hire? It's like you're taking a flyer. 
I mean, why take a flyer when you don't have to? I guess it just depends on who else was. Am I wrong? A legitimate option. True. That's the. That's true. In time, I mean, the window. And look where they are in the calendar right now. And I wonder how much the Brom thing. You wouldn't think it would have caught him by surprise. Like that thing had been. Oh no! Bubbling for a while, no, but it did. no, no, no. Louisville, Louisville, Satterfield surprised Louisville. Going to Cincinnati. Yeah, Satterfield surprised Louisville, Rob. Hmm. That that wasn't expected. So Louisville opened unexpectedly. Hmm. Because Satterfield, Satterfield wasn't going to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know who Satterfield's quarterback was to close the year? No. Brock Doman, the brother of JoJo Doman. Did not know that, really. Yeah, 2020, I mean, I got to know Brock, but I mean, I had, bre- I had breakfast with Brock at the Iowa City Marriott before the game in <laughs> Iowa City. Like, and just, what? Yeah, because he traveled out there. He, but he went to this, G- this year? Uh, 2020. Oh, 2020. You know, like, I mean, he oh, came yeah, to some of the JoJo's games, and you know, he was a Juco quarterback and climbed his way up and started at Louisville this year. Yeah, Satterfield for a few games. left Louisville for Cincinnati, and that was a surprise. I mean, Satterfield wasn't, you know, he wasn't under heat or anything like that. And it, well, let's face it, speaking of underwhelming hires, Cincinnati hired Satterfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are two underwhelming hires. Cincinnati – Hiring Satterfield and Purdue hiring Ryan Walters. I don't know. I, I have a different opinion on that. I think I, I think Purdue, opinion, Purdue if they're going to go the coordinator route, which you know there's always going to be risk involved with that because you're going with inexperience regardless, especially with a 36 year old. Mm-hmm. This guy I think has a little bit of cachet to him just he because does. of what he brought, and he's a Big Ten coach. I mean, he's familiar with the league, uh, and you know if he gets the right staff around him, he's able to recruit. You know, I think that he'll be just fine. All right, close it up here with some Michigan talk. You wanted to hit on Michigan, um, Seppel, right? Oh, the matchup with TCU is a great matchup in the college football playoff. It's tough. Now, they they opened as a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, and I don't understand it. I don't know where it is now. Because no Blake Corum. No Blake Corum, and TCU's tough. I mean, TCU's one of the strongest teams in the country. They're physical. They will not be – Michigan's not going to have a big edge in physicality against TCU. How about Alabama – Against Kansas State, they're only like a three-point favorite. Over. Wow! Like I, I thought that line would be like massive, but may, maybe op, it's the uh, opt-outs. Yeah, and the not making the playoff hangover where guys are just gonna be checked out. Yeah, that'll be the excuse at least if they lose. Yeah, <laughs> nobody else will get that excuse. Just like Auburn losing to UCF. Remember that? Well, yeah, Alabama. Hold on, I'm curious what that spreads at. Yeah, it's uh, three and a half for Alabama right now. Three wow. and a half. I mean, think about the difference in recruiting rankings i know that kansas state since 2018 hasn't had a top the highest the highest rate class i think was 49th um i mean they're in the 60s well and they're starting like cade warner who wouldn't wouldn't be starting at nebraska right now and, and he's doing well for them he is doing well for him and you know he's a former husker captain he's a captain there adrian could play in this bowl game I, and it might just be like a complimentary role will howard's gonna start okay um but adrian i think could play in this game and okay. like a wildcat or something, you know, complimentary. See, that's I'm telling you, I tell you, I'm a bull proponent. I like the bull season, and this is a good reason why. I mean, Alabama, Kansas State's a, a matchup you'd never see unless they're they're in a bowl game in the Sugar Bowl. That's beautiful. Like, what if I would have told you last December when Adrian goes in the portal that we'd be watching Kansas State and Alabama in the Sugar the Bowl? The bowl season makes it possible. I would have said you're crazy, but the bowl season makes it possible. The over under on Kansas State this year was like only six wins, too. Like I, I mean, you, hey Rob, how about Purdue go get Chris Kleiman? Would he leave? Well, I don't know, but that's I mean, the we kind had of that coach. exact same conversation. Would he come to Nebraska? You think he's going to come to Purdue? Probably not. Now, now Dean <laughs> Dean Hart said that that was like a, a name on their list. Tom mm-hmm. Dean Hart, yeah, or, or good a friend at Golden Black. On the list is different than, than well, Kleiman. So I'll put it this way. Um, when Brom was leaving the building, he mumbled to somebody, you, you should watch Kleiman's name. Like, so that was the name mumbled out. But mm. once again, like, they're going to have a good – Deuce Vaughn might be coming back next year. It would it'd be tough to pull – I mean, it'd be tough – Rob's right. I mean, it'd be, it was going to be tough for Nebraska to pull Kleiman out of Kansas State. I don't think it came to that. I don't, I don't think he was in their final three, Nebraska's. I don't. I don't. I mean, they were in the chase for a Big 12 title. I don't think he would have been talking in Nebraska Right. Either. And then so Purdue getting climbing, Rob's right about that. No, but I still say they you gotta go after if you're a Big Ten school and you have USC and UCLA coming into the league, you don't take a flyer on a young defensive coordinator. Yep, take a fly I mean he's a good defensive it's, coordinator. It's a gamble, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. That's all what right. I'm saying. 
Well, lots to keep up with on the recruiting weekend. Uh, Brian Munson and I will be online covering all the recruiting coverage throughout the weekend. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel as well, Husker Online YouTube. We put up a lot of great videos that complement all the news. And uh, if you're not a subscriber on the podcast channel, check us out anywhere you can get podcasts, at iTunes, Spotify, uh, whatever your favorite podcast carriers. Make sure you download and subscribe to us here on the Husker Online uh, podcast channel, guys, we, we're getting over 100,000 podcast downloads a month right now. So mm. uh, a lot of great listeners, and we thank all of you for the support Absolutely. of Husker Online on the podcast channel as well. We love you all. So uh, <laughs> have a great weekend. If you see Sipple and Tanner's watching basketball. <laughs> Please feel free to approach me. He likes wings. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> Wagyu steak. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.